Are you dreaming for adventure, family-friendly activities and good food? How about a paradise filled with rainforests, beaches, river valleys, and biodiverse wildlife, as well as restaurants, bars, and luxurious hotels? Hello and welcome to TripCast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, where here in early March, it's already 75 degrees. And I am joined, as always, by the man from Barbados via the Big Gapple, Dave Cumberbatch. And Dave, I'm assuming the snow is gone by now. <laughs> the snow is gone. And we're, we, we, we'll talk about Costa Rica today. And I'm like, I can't wait to travel again. You know, I just want to get out there and. Costa Rica seems to be that perfect destination to travel to post-COVID. All right. Give me your feedback to the question I'm about to ask you. And that has to do with the vaccinations. You've gotten your first one. I just found out today. For those of you who don't know, I'm a United States Air Force veteran. And I get my health care through the VA. And I just found out this morning here in Las Vegas that all three shots are now available to us, even those under the age of 65, which I'll be obviously I am. No comment. Um, and. Do you think that we are going to start to see a push in domestic travel uh, before May gets here? Well, well, yes, most certainly. All studies, all studies have shown that domestic travel will return first, um, whether it be via the airline or whether it be folks jumping into their automobiles, their RVs and travel and camp, camping. But remember that not all travel requires uh, jumping on a plane, jumping on an airline. So, yes, all studies suggest, and I have no reason to doubt them, that domestic travel will return first. The question is, the, the question is <laughs> what will happen after domestic travel? What will it be ocean? Will it be traveling internationally? That I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I did something about a month ago. I bought two shares of Southwest Airlines stock. Why Southwest Airlines? Because they are probably going to benefit the most from domestic travel. Uh, and, and the uh, explosion in domestic travel prior to all the other airlines. And I've noticed in the month or so that I've owned it, Southwest Airlines stock has exploded upward and everybody else is either flat or dropping. So I think the industry... From the Wall Street perspective and the analysis that Wall Street is doing is they're expecting domestic travel to pick up first. Well, my my first trip would be domestic. It wouldn't be leisure. I haven't seen my kids in almost a year because of COVID and the restrictions of COVID. So my first travel would be to see my kids who live. Uh, <laughs> I'm in New York. My kids are in Georgia. Oh, I, and, I, yeah, I got you. <laughs> and my mother lives in Florida. Haven't seen her either. So I'm all excited. Uh, I was really excited about taking that vaccine because it sort of, it sort of eases some of the anxiety that I, that I have about getting on an aircraft so close to other folks. I mean, I know they say six feet, but I just have this anxiety about getting on an aircraft at this time. So. Happy about taking that vaccine, man. Yeah, well, I, I, it's a little easier for me to see my son, which I'll be doing at the end of this month. He's only a four-hour car ride away, so that's cool. 
And it's funny, we're having this domestic travel discussion when we have our guest on today who will be talking about travel to one of my favorite places in the world, Costa Rica. So uh, she just got back. She's actually, I believe, going back again soon. We'll have her tell us all that shortly. And uh, so it'll be an interesting juxtaposition between what we anticipate as an increase in domestic travel and looking at an international destination like Costa Rica. Anyway. Um, before we get to all of that, um, you can catch our podcast, Tripcast360, on our website, tripcast360.com. And if you don't go to our website, but we prefer that you do because there's other interesting things on our site, you can also get it wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, you name it, Google, you name it, we're there. So, but please subscribe, like, follow us. We're going to ramp up some really interesting content for you in the next month or two as what we're anticipating is at least a modest recovery in the travel industry. And Dave's going to mention um, uh, our social media handles in just a moment, but I want to make a special plug. We're, we're making an effort to build up our Instagram uh, uh, platform. And so if you follow us on any social media, Go to Instagram first and follow us there. We we would really appreciate that. And with all that being said, Dave, tell them about the social media, the newsletter, and all the other good stuff we've got. Well, we're also on Facebook. Michael just mentioned Instagram. We're going to focus on Instagram, but we're not going to leave out any other popular social media platforms. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And when you go there, follow us. Don't just follow us, but like us messages. We want to hear from you and tag us. And to begin receiving our newsletter, just go to our website. There's, there's a lot of information there. Um, there's editorial content there. We are planning on incorporating some video there soon. Our website address is tripcast360.com. T-R-I-P-C-A-S-T 360.com. And sign up. There's lots of great information including travel deals you might want to consider. Amen. And without further ado, let's get the star of the moment back in here. We welcome back a friend of the show, a dear friend at that, Melissa Ames. For listeners of our podcast, you might remember Melissa from our season one episode, Run Fully Global, How Running Breaks Down Cultural Barriers. Melissa has since gone on to several new adventures, uh, to one of the most popular destinations in the world. You've heard us mention it before. It's Costa Rica, and it's actually one of my favorites. Uh, she recently returned, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's going back there in a couple of months. So we're going to discuss the Costa Rican experience with her and what it's like to travel in the time of the pandemic. She's probably learned a few lessons <laughs> that uh, she could share with the rest of us. And she's also planning a retreat under the Run Fully banner designed to get that body moving once again. And we will also have that discussion with her. Hi, Melissa. Hey, guys. It's so good to be back. Yeah, I hear that airplane flying over your head there in Southern California. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's ready for the travel to come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, that was your private jet, by the way. I'm just teasing you. You know, we, uh, we know uh. that you fly like that. oh well actually yeah in in costa rica you can get on a little teeny tiny plane that's that's what i was thinking about (laughs) (laughs) 
Then Melissa, uh, you you just returned from C Costa Rica. Uh, we all excited to hear about your travel experiences there. Uh, but just to let folks know who don't know, Costa Rica is a rugged, rainforest Central American country with coastal lines on both the Caribbean side and the and the Pacific side. Um, very interesting. Uh, Though its capital is San Jose, is home of cultural institutions like the Pre-Columbian Gold Museum. Costa Rica is also known, eh? it's also known for its beaches, its volcan volcanoes, and its biodiversity. And roughly a quarter of its area is made out of protected jungle. That's amazing. I want to go to Costa Rica. Tell us about why you chose Costa Rica at this time. I know you have your run. Uh, fully global platform, but why did you choose Costa Rica at this time? Um, well, I really felt just called to go there. Um, and I think part of the reason is because I studied abroad there um, for four months uh, in 2010. And um, I stayed with a family in San Jose during that time and traveled all over on the weekends um, to various places around the country. And travel there is just so easy. Like there's usually like a public bus you can take or uh, to anywhere, like a direct bus. And um, it's beautiful. I, from being a little girl, I always um, wanted to see the rainforest. I was like voted most likely to save the rainforest actually in elementary school. <laughs> and um, so being there and seeing them for the first time was just like breathtaking. Um, so I guess with everything that's been going on in the world and especially in, near Los Angeles where I'm at, um, I was ready to kind of just be among nature again. Um, I was, I've been trying like crazy for the last two, three years. I think any entrepreneur can relate, um, to, to launch some of my creative ideas into the world. And I just needed that space, um, to really be able to reconnect with myself, to reconnect with nature. And so without really even consciously thinking that, I think that's what was going on in the background of like, I've got to, I've got to get back, get it back there and, and really do it. So I was just like five, four, three, two, one. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm enough waiting. Like I've been wanting to do this for a year. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. So <laughs> you spent five days and I'm hoping I'm not pronouncing my, I hope this doesn't come across like Spanglish, but you spent five days in <laughs> Kabuya. Did I pronounce that correctly? Tell me if I did. Yeah, Kabuya. Uh -huh. Kabuya. You, sp <laughs> you spent five days in Kabuya, which is a small uh, fishing beach town. And it's only 15 minutes away from uh, Montezuma. This is a mm -hmm. town in the southern part of Costa Rica. Um, it seems that you were enjoying the best of many worlds there. Tell us what uh, that part of the country is like. Yeah, so um, it's really nice in Costa Rica because you can experience the the beach life as well as the inland life, which is more like the rainforest. And um, there's animals everywhere, though. So in, uh, <laughs> in the beach town is actually where I got to see monkeys up really close. Like, actually, the craziest thing to me the first time I saw it was monkeys on the beach. I mean, I don't think that that's something that we typically think of, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so it was really honestly like lucky. I don't know if I told you guys the story last of how I met this family. Um, 
but that's part of the travel journey. In order to get to um, Kabuya, you have to go, um, you have to take a ferry or a little boat ride. So one thing that many people don't know, uh, which is the top secret thing that I'll share here, <laughs> is that um, <laughs> you, you can take, um, instead of taking like a three hour bus trip and then taking a one hour big ferry and then another 40 minute taxi ride, which is the most popular way um, to get there. Um, you can actually go from San Jose, the main city, and take either a two-hour, $5 bus or like a taxi to this place called Hako. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but it's a very popular tourist um, beach. Mm -hmm. And not really my cup of tea. Um, I like the more like off the beaten path type of a thing. Um, but you, But it was awesome to be able to stop through there. And four years ago, um, so you, from there, you take an hour boat ride uh, to get to Montezuma and then just 15 minutes to get to Kabuya. So, and the boat ride is like an experience. It's travel, but it's more like you're taking a tour. Like we saw dolphins this last time and it's like only like five to 10 people can fit in this little boat. Um, so you're like kind of like splashing over the water and every time it's just such a healing experience. It's like, in that moment, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like decompressing from like city life and like reconnecting to nature. And yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's actually cool because you had mentioned in your previous answer about the animal life that's in Costa Rica. I, mm -hmm. I remember I've been to Costa Rica and I remember we were up in Tamarindo in Guanacaste uh, province, up, which is up in the northwest part on the ocean. And, you know, you walk out your window or out your door every morning and there's monkeys all around. Uh, playing in the beaches or, um, you know, the hotel that we stayed at kept leaving apples. They, they left apples like every single day. It was for us to eat, but it's like, how many apples am I going to eat? So I would take and just set one out on the patio and somewhere after we went inside and the monkeys were no longer afraid, they'd come down, swoop, grab that apple, be right back in those trees in 10 seconds. You could see them sitting up there eating apples, but we saw apples. We saw the one animal I absolutely detest, which is snakes. I saw several of them. Um, uh, uh, there was a sloth uh, that we saw. My girlfriend loves sloth. You know, I think she mm. sees that commercial on TV and the, and the old movie that came out. That I think Disney put it out. I don't remember who? So she loves uh, sloth. So she had me driving around looking for damn sloths. And uh, <laughs> finally, our guide found one. It was way up in a tree. And I said, okay, that's your sloth experience. But I mean, the, the amount of jungle life, I don't think people realize how lush and green Costa Rica really is. I mean, you kind of take jungle for granted, but it's really true there. Oh, yeah, it really is. I feel like I didn't get to see as many animals on this last trip. Um, but yeah, I'll have to go over to Tamarindo. And next time you're in Costa Rica, there's sloths that are at this place called the Springs Resort um, in Arenal, which is the second place I went to. And, Been there. Uh, Yes. <laughs> Have you been I've to the been, Springs? Park? Yes, I did. I spent the day there actually. <laughs> uh, do their animal tour next time. And, um, and I actually got to pet a sloth that day. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. That, that is, that is cool. Yeah. I actually, um, and you'd also mentioned, and Dave mentioned this about the volcanoes at the top. Arenal is a famous volcano in Costa Rica. And I've got a bunch of pictures around here somewhere that I took of Arenal. And, and there's this hanging bridges thing right next to Arenal where you walk. I think there's like 20 or 28 bridges. 
the first like, and it's a tour, so you have to pay for it and stuff like that. But you walk out across these bridges that cross through the jungle area. And like the first three or four bridges are kind of cool. They're cemented down and you don't feel too worried about them. But then there's a couple of bridges that are doing this, swaying back and forth no, over that's, that. Uh, that's and, not you for know, me. And I'm six foot four and some fool gets out there and goes about halfway <laughs> out, decides to lay down on the bridge face <laughs> up so his buddies could take a picture at him. In the meantime, this thing's swaying back and forth and the, and the thing is hitting me at my waist. Mm. I wanted to reach up and smack him so bad. Typical American tourist. But yeah, it was nuts to me. So anyway, back to Costa Rica. We won't get into that. But Arenal is a very famous volcano. And I remember when I first walked up to it, I thought that there was smoke coming out of it. And it wasn't. It was just clouds hanging over the top that actually looked like smoke coming out of the volcano. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's dormant now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 2010 was the last time that it was um, active. Oh, we, so we don't have to worry about Mount Vesuvius in Costa Rica. <laughs> no, or, to me, I think I think it's more dangerous that way. If it's like it was slowly coming out a little bit day by day, you could see it at, at, at nighttime. And um, and now I feel like you never know when it's going to make it building up. <laughs> well, did you fly into San Jose or did you fly into Liberia? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know you could fly into Liberia. I, I yeah. went to San Jose. That um, yeah, there's a there's a yeah, there's a major international airport in Liberia. Liberia, for those of you who are listening, is in the northwest corner, north central, northwest corner. It's kind of a easier slog to get to Guanacaste and Tamarindo in the northwest Pacific side of the country, as opposed to San Jose, which is kind of like right in the middle, and then you kind of have to drive one way or the other. Yeah, we flew into Liberia from Atlanta. And then on the way back, we left out of Liberia to Houston. And it's a three-hour flight from Houston to Liberia. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, for your purposes, it's actually probably closer to Arenal than where you flew into. Interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, I think Liberia and I'm thinking Africa. (laughs) You know, it's the first thing that (laughs) popped into my head. And I'm like, did this plane get diverted? And then, of course, I realized it didn't. It was only a three hour. It's a three hour flight from Atlanta and from Houston. So either way you go, uh, it's a quick jaunt down there. Uh, And uh, uh, San Jose is on an extra 20 minutes further by plane. So anyway, long story short. So you got to Arena. I got to La Fortuna. You said you uh, rented a house from somebody while you were there. Yeah, um, it was on Airbnb um, and it was actually on a little teeny tiny farm. Um, so I got to learn how to milk a cow for the first time. They put you to work? They did. I know. Right. They, they were like, "Ooh, we we have a, a special tour for you. You can come and like learn how to sow seeds and things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to do it, though. I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, you can address this probably as well as I can. Describe the people of Costa Rica. Oh, they are very, um, especially outside of the city. Um, they're very laid back, very, like they say, pura vida, like pure life, like, which is not just a saying that you say, it's like a way of life. Like they're, they're very into tourism. So they're very wanting to help you, to guide you, to, to tell you of different places you can go to. 
um, and very just like not not so much like we're like I feel like more quick pace. We're like, okay, what's what's our next project? What's our next thing? And and over there, they're more like um, chill and like peaceful and loving. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody's in a hurry. Yeah. That is right. Before we jump from the Arenal area and the Arenal Volcano National Park, which I which I read there are actually two volcanoes there. And even though the Arenal volcano happens to be inactive, uh, there's still some hot springs around there. I've traveled to several countries with inactive volcano, and at the at the foot of the volcano, there are actually hot springs. How um your run globally platform is also about health. But good health running. Yes. How how does that fit into the whole um, health experience that folks folks tend to use the lava hot ponds or hot spots as a remedy for treating several health issues? How does that fit into the whole health issue in terms of running and and, and exercise? I found that they are really really amazing for several things, not just like your physical body, like. Your, your muscles are like a lot more relaxed and healed, I feel like, in those waters, but also your mental health. Because there was one day where I was launching my um, three-day challenge uh, for uh, Runfully, the Runfully method. And um, I was like just really stressed because it's the first time and I'm trying to come up with content and I'm all in my head. And so I went to the hot springs uh, for the sunrise, um, was like one of the only people that I was like, I, I had the place to myself, basically. Um, and, um, took me like maybe two hours of just like being in my head to just slowly relaxing, listening to the waterfall. And, um, I put on some music and was just like, by the time that time went, I was back into flow again. I was coming up with ideas for what I wanted to talk about that night. Um, and just feeling so much more at peace um, among, among the nature. And I really feel like I'm, I've been attracted to hot springs, um, for, uh, many years and like seek them out wherever, whenever I travel. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to spend most of my time in Arenal, um, was so that I could have, um, time in the hot springs and yeah, it's a beautiful experience, highly recommended, like many health benefits. And you just mentioned nature. How how does nature co- incorporate into that full package? You talk about the advantages in using the hot springs, the advantages of running, which is what Run Fully Global is about. But now, but now you've got nature. Ah, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's what I was really feeling there. Honestly, was just like, wow, coming back to like who we are as, as humans, even like we're meant to be in harmony with nature and seeing the way the people live there, uh, whether it's on a farm or just like uh, in Kabuya, especially like, um, you know, using the natural plants for medicine and for food and just being there in your yard is, um, a beautiful experience that makes you feel more just connected, more at peace and, um, more inspired. And, um, I found many answers through nature, even like through looking at little ants and like watching them and, um, <laughs> through, through sometimes, yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why I want to go back is cause like, I feel like if you're struggling with a problem, you're trying to solve something in your business or in your life, like you spending 30 minutes to an hour in a river 
um, will start to get you back into that, that what I call like the flow state and help you to receive answers instead of like forcing and searching for them. Um, like for instance, one time, like I was having a, a problem and a leaf was like stuck to the rock. And, um, I was playing with the leaf and realized that the only way to get the leaf like fully up was to grab it by the root and pull it up. So that to me was like, Oh, my issue. I need to figure out what's at the root of my issue and pull it up. <laughs> wow, so, that, little... that, that's an interesting take. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a certain peacefulness to Costa Rica that unless you've been there, it's hard to describe to other people because the people are very peace-loving people, very private. As a matter of fact, for those of you who don't know, Costa Rica doesn't even have a standing army. They're a very uh, 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 gentle people. Uh, the country with all the uh, uh, flora and fauna and all the rainforests and the jungles and stuff like that, it just, there's a peaceful element to it. And everybody you talk to, whether they're American expats or Canadian expats, everything is relaxed. Mm. And, and you just go out and just enjoy life. I guess pure vida is, is proof. Sorry, Snoop Dogg, you can't have that for your commercial. <laughs> I've been noticing you doing on TV too. So. <laughs> So, and, and as regards to health, for those who, because I'm actually thinking about buying a piece of property in Costa Rica, whether it's just like a condo or something like that. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, but COVID kind of ruined my plans. But I say all that to say, I started doing some investigating. One of the things about Costa Rica is it has one of the top 20 healthcare systems in the world. Mm. And for people who are close to retirement age or drawing American Social Security, they actually take your, or sorry, not Social Security, but Medicare. They actually take your Medicare payments in Costa Rica. I didn't know if you knew that or not, So, but you're nowhere near retirement age. But for somebody like Dave, uh, you know, he, he can run down there and, you know, and, and be good to go. He keeps aging me, Melissa. Just ignore <laughs> him, okay? Right? Yeah, he's like, well, go ahead, you're ready. Well, see, you, see? Uh, you see, because he's already got the COVID shot that tells his age right away. <laughs> listen, I listen. I I told him yesterday I got my first COVID shot. You know, we we had another podcast yesterday, and he just assumed that it's because of age. He's not thinking about whether I'm a first responder. But I'm a doctor. Uh, if I'm a police uh, officer, go, right? Hey. Right. <laughs> it's because I know better. <laughs> <laughs> um, as uh, uh, you've been to, there's a little town called La Fortuna, which is I'm trying to remember from Arenal what direction it is, but I've been there before as well. I actually ate lunch there. Um, Tell us a little bit about that little bit. It's a little tiny village, but it was really cool just walking around there. Yeah, it's pretty small. Like it, there, there's like a, a main little square park there. And um, so I would like orient myself around that. And there's like a couple of grocery stores, uh, people really nice. I'm always asking, where's this, you know? Um, and um, then I stayed like maybe 15 minutes from there. Um, so that I could have more of like a beautiful, just like nature view and by the, uh, the river. Um, but yeah, very, I'm very peaceful, very, um, like it's in the center. So I was 15 minutes from there and probably it's like another like 10 minutes to get to the hot springs from there. Right, 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 right. Now, uh, I'm going to, um, 
Tell us a little bit. I know that you had some experiences trying to travel during the middle of a pandemic. Um, what can you tell us about how your travels were to Costa Rica? I know before you went to Costa Rica, I believe you stopped in Seattle first, but let's set Seattle aside because that was three or four months ago now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think you're experiencing getting back and forth to Costa Rica is more germane to what's happening right now and what we're should be looking forward to over the next two or three months as some restrictions start to get relaxed. So kind of give us your pandemic travel experience as it relates to just the pandemic part of it. Yeah. So it's relatively easy to, to go there. However, you do need to have um, health insurance and it's through one of their providers and um, don't wait till last minute to do that is my recommendation um, because I was like on the way to the airport, like, Oh, like I'll, I'll fill this out now and whenever i got there um there was um they couldn't find it and so they're like it's okay go go to your um get on your flight and whenever you get there you're gonna have to like um talk to them and so i ended up having to wait in a a line because they even though i could find it they still had some issues with it so i had to wait in a separate line just to make sure that i had the insurance and took me like an extra hour to be able to get into costa rica so a little bit of uh, of trouble, but um, but it's it's very cheap um, to get that insurance. I think it was like seventy dollars for like a month and a half, um, and then um, from from there it was uh, not many places are in operation now um, as they were before. Before it would be so easy to travel. Like I like I said, I, I went to Hako and I actually had booked a boat ride that day. Um, to get to Montezuma. And um, I got there um, like on time for the the boat ride. I called them up and they're like, oh, even though you actually paid, we're actually not in operation now. Um, there's just not enough people. Um, so there's only one of one company. So you have to make sure that you call them beforehand and, and make sure they're still in operation. And um, Zuma Tours is the one that I took. Um, and so I had to end up staying there for the night and taking the boat ride the next day. Um, two questions to follow up on. Um, the insurance, was it offered to you as you booked your airfare or how did you, uh, I, I guess, you know, you had mentioned pre-planning to get that health insurance before you get there as opposed to what you did, which is when you got into the country. Uh, it, where, where would you find that, that information beforehand? Um, it was, if you look on the the government travel website, they list the requirements by country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, from there, it had a link to like the INS insurance. And there was another insurance option um, to be able to do that. Sometimes you have to look on, I think, the country's um, travel. But literally, that's all I searched was like uh, travel to Costa Rica COVID requirements. Okay. Yeah. I, I will look that up for our audience and post that in our show notes so they can find it easier because I went pre COVID. So there was definitely no health insurance required of any kind when I flew huh. a couple of years ago. So you, you had a different, a completely different experience uh, in yeah. terms of dealing with that. And then you also mentioned that there's a lot of stuff not open right now, which I have found to be consistent across pretty much every international destination that still allows travelers into the country. There are things not open, so you you definitely need to plan for those in advance. Um, any any other pandemic related Costa Rica advice you can give us? Um, 
it is a lot safer than people may tell you a lot more welcome people are like waiting for tourists to come back to costa rica and unless in like the city you can really feel it the same as as los angeles you can feel the weight of it like just in the air but outside of the main city it's very relaxed like just masks in inside of the um different restaurants and um like stores but outside of that like it's 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 just non-existent there. Yeah, just very safe, I would say. I'm going to skip around because you were actually planning a retreat. Yes. To get mm-hmm. those old bones moving again. And I believe you're going to do that in Costa Rica. Tell us about the retreat. Tell us what you have in mind. Tell us when it is, where it is, how you get there, all that good stuff. <laughs> and, don't, so and, don't, and don't forget to invite Dave. Yes. Well... <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the very first one um, is going to be women only. <laughs> oh, sorry. oh, I am out. I am oh, out. Man. You, well, guys, you can really you guys invite me then. You, you guys can call me facilitators. No. <laughs> that is discrimination. That's discrimination. I, I know. I was like, should I tell them? Oh, man, they're going to want to come. <laughs> but I am planning to do another one after that that, it, that it has both... Um, men and women with a slightly different focus. But um, this one is going to be um, basically following in the footsteps that I took. So going to Kabuya uh, first and having a really experience like grounding um, in nature, living in harmony with the people there, um, getting to like experience like sleeping with like hearing the rain on the tin roof and um, which is so relaxing. Um, spending time on the beach, doing yoga, setting intentions. Um, and then um, after you have that kind of decompressed from city life, then the second portion is in Arenal um, by, by La, La Fortuna. And um, that's going to be like hot springs at the night, in the nighttime and during the day, having a program to actually um, move through something big in your life that you've been trying to do. So whether it's starting a blog, a YouTube channel, writing something, um, or, or just like custom to whatever it is, like starting, um, a company, something that you can accomplish in about, uh, four days, um, or to get started. And then we'll guide you through that and offer movement as a way, like I was saying, movement in nature to get the answers, get on your projects, to remove blockages. Um, and there'll be heart to heart conversations, your head to your heart. Um, and so, of course, some jogging and some um, hiking. Um, a little yoga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long did you stay on this trip to Costa Rica? About a month and a half. Um, I spent about five days in Colombia and then the rest of the time in um, La Fortuna. So you didn't have a chance to. So you didn't have a chance to go on the other coast, on the east coast. And the reason the, the the reason I'm asking the question on the northwest coast of of Costa Rica, that's where you have the beautiful beaches. You have the sea, sand, and what's the other one? The, the three S's: the sea, sand, and sea. Yes, sea, sand, and surf, or sea, sand, and sun, whatever, Michael. <laughs> but um, but that's a different experience to the um to the other side of Costa Rica. I I just want to get a sense. In terms of run fully global um, and getting the wrong, especially in times of COVID, I would imagine that the 
the western side of Costa Rica is more crowded in terms of tourists as opposed to the eastern side. And I want to see where that fit in to, you know, the openness of running through a park, running on a trail, um, you know, climbing a volcano up to the crater, etc. Ah. Where, where that type of tourism is sort of different to the tourism on the west, on the west coast of, uh, of Costa Rica. Ah, well, right now I would say the whole ball game is different. That's another thing I wanted to mention is that it's so weird having traveled there before to traveling there now to see that there just isn't that many tourists right now in general. Um, so it's like you pretty much have private tours right now. Um, and even before though, I would say that there wasn't, um, I wouldn't say that there's more tourists necessarily, um, in the places that I've been, except for maybe Arenal, like, because the volcano is very popular. Um, there's probably more people there, but, um, but no, never, never super crowded. And you kind of have to know, like, also, like, in terms of, like, if you want to go to hot springs, just talk to locals. They'll be happy to tell you, like, oh, this one's super crowded. But if you go this one on this day, then you're not going to have that many people there. Um, That's exactly what I did. And um, to shed some further light on Dave's question, uh, from my experience of being in Costa Rica, I have found that a lot of expats who kind of either are looking at second homes in Costa Rica and or are thinking of retiring, typically retire in one or two areas. They retire somewhere near San Jose, but along the beach because it's the largest city and it gives you access to healthcare and things like that. But most of them appear to be west of San Jose on the Pacific Ocean side. Um, I know that they're building a lot of uh, Americanized uh, properties in the northwest part of the country on the ocean, which obviously is not cool for somebody like Melissa, who likes the more <laughs> serene and, <laughs> and quiet areas <laughs> that are away from tourists. Um, and then as you work your way down the coast from the northwest corner all the way down to the Panamanian corner, as you get close to Panama, most of that is still jungle. But there is development going on in that area that is designed to attract more people into Costa Rica. So, Dave, I hope that touched a little bit on your your question. And that's just my observation from when I was there, plus talking to the local. Yeah. Why? Why, David? Are, do you like it to be more touristy or are you are you looking for something that's got less people? Are you planning a trip? <laughs> yes, but I can. I, I was looking at it from the angle in terms of what we're going through right now with uh, COVID. And mm -hmm. I would much rather at this time not to go someplace where it tends to be a bit crowded. But um, I can have just as good a fantastic experience with nature as opposed to the sand, sea, and sun. Yeah. Um, now, Melissa, you went in December, January timeframe, correct? Yeah. I went in August. Um, and I'll be honest with you, uh, it was, it, and this is August, two years before COVID. And I never got the impression when I was there that it was crowded. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was trying to yeah. say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my hotel was right on the beach. You open the window, look up at the tree, see the monkeys, and walk 20 feet, and I'm standing in the Pacific Ocean. And the surfers would come out. There's some really good surfers in Costa Rica, and they come out in the morning, do their surf thing, 
by noon, they're gone off someplace. I mean, I could sit out on the beach and maybe see a half dozen people on any given day. I just didn't feel crowded. It's not like going to a beach in LA or maybe at the Coney Island and where Dave lives, where you see all these people. The Costa Rica is just not like that. There's not this horde of humanity that's encircling you and making you wish you'd never come. Right. Yeah. Was it super rainy in August? Oh my God. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. One day we we decided to jump in a in a uh, Uber and go into the little town outside of a uh, uh, Tamarindo. There was this great uh, Mexican play, food place to eat, and so we it's like fifteen minutes from our hotel. So we get out, and the sky just literally opened up as soon as we stepped foot out of that cab or out of the Uber. And so we were under this awning where this guy owned a surf shop, and he invited us to come and hang out until the rain passed. Well, we didn't realize the rain wasn't going to pass for like three or four hours. And by the oh, time, wow. and he was Canadian, he and his wife moved there and they ran this surf shop as expats from Canada. And so there was this little tiny three stool restaurant outdoors, but it had a covering on it. And this poor lady's in there. She has no customers. We felt sorry for her. So we actually ate there. The rain's pouring down. Then the cab comes to pick us back up to take us back to the hotel. And the water was so deep that I had a hard time getting the door open to get us inside the car. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it just, I mean, there was just buckets of rain. And, you know, two hours later, it's gone. Hey, Michael, <laughs> hey, Michael, I love this pivot, man. You know, Melissa's interviewing us. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm getting my, I guess my my wrestling like uh, interview skills are coming back out again. I, I, I'm giving yeah. her journalism training. Yeah, uh, I love it. Before we get too far along, Melissa, there's two things left on the on your retreat. When is it, and where in Costa Rica is it? Okay, so it is in um, Cabuya first, and then La Fortuna second. Um, I have a um, co-host um, that I'm working with. So we're working on dates right now. Um, so you'll have to check back on the Runfully website. It's runfullyglobal.com. Um, we were looking at a June date uh, initially. Um, so we'll see if some something happens in June, um, if not early next year. Oh, okay. That's cool. Now, are you looking more of the Airbnb style in terms of accommodations for people? Or is it, you know... I mean, moving. I mean, I know there's not a lot of hotels in the two areas you just mentioned, so I'm guessing that yeah. you're probably looking to put them up with local families and things like that. Local families, most likely in Kabuya, uh, just because I love that experience and I think that's very um, grounding. Um, and then in um, La Fortuna, have it be more resort style in an Airbnb where everybody's all together in one one location uh, and surrounded by like having a lake and everything. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, but really I mean excited. people don't realize too there's a big lake up at Arenal too. Oh yes, a huge lake. Yeah. 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 We drove it, it took us several hours to drive around the lake the perimeter of the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They filmed and, and, a lot of movies there too. Like yeah they do. Some of Jurassic Park was filmed in Costa Rica. Yes, you're absolutely correct. It absolutely was. And Dave and I wanted when you having one for the men. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys. <laughs> we got we got to do some bicycle riding too. I was seeing. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that. I actually have my bike shorts on. As soon as this interview is over, that's exactly where I'm going. 
Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't given up riding my bike, even though the weather hasn't cooperated, but it's too nice of a day not to get some miles in today. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it rained like crazy. August is the rainy month anyway. And, but maybe that's why we got such a great discount on our hotel room. They knew it was going to rain and they were waiting for us to come. And the other thing too, is I brought, I drink a lot of coffee. Uh, uh, I think my girlfriend oh, and I brought back, yeah, I think we brought back 12, 12 bags of coffee. I think that was the most they would, whatever the most they would let us bring back, we brought back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, plus what fit in our suitcase. Mm-hmm. So, it's good though, right? The coffee's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, in the few moments that we have left, I wanted to touch a little bit more on Costa Rica culture. Talk about the cuisine a little bit. Uh, well, they have gallo pinto, which is beans and rice, mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of seasoning. That's like the staple dish of Costa Rica. And you have it for uh, breakfast, by the way, too, Dave. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Rice for breakfast. Um, there's star fruit, uh, which is what I call it, I don't know what they call it there, but you, you cut it and it actually looks like a little star. Um, you have that for breakfast a lot too. Um, for lunch, they have what's called a casado, and, which means married. And, um, and it has um, lettuce and tomato, like a little salad. Um, it usually has a fried plantain. Um, and then, I mean, I'm vegetarian, but it'll come with like some meat mm-hmm. um, if you want it. And then, and then the gallo pinto. And that, that, that's it. Oh, and so you were able to eat your healthy diet while you were there pretty easily because all the food there is fresh. It's not processed like it comes in the store here in the United States. Oh, my goodness. This is one of the things I loved the most was going to the grocery store, just going up and down the aisle. And ev- everything's fresh. Like there's there's so many different fruits that we don't have here. Um, I like just feel so much healthier when I'm there because you don't have access to Taco Bell or like any of these fast food places. Um, you have to, you have to cook, which is a lot of work, but it, it even gives you that closer relationship to the food. And it's, it gets, it gets kind of like you eating the same thing a lot, but, um, but you're like feeling better and losing weight and just, you know, you're there for an extended time. Well, is it just my imagination? We went, we actually bought our, uh, our coffee at a local grocery store. Is it just my imagination or did the fruits, the colors just look more vibrant? The, the bananas look more yellow. The apples look more red. The, the, the papaya look yeah. more green. It, 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 I mean, that was the impression I got when I looked at it. Yeah. Did it appear like that to you? Definitely. And you know, one of the things is they, they don't really import. So they have a lot of local stuff. And because it's so local, they don't have to have it be like not ripe, you know, and like to be able to ship it and make it last or put preservatives and all that. So you lose out a little bit in having not as much variety as we have here, but you gain so much more in having it be like really fresh and nice. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the first thing I noticed because I re- we walked by the fruit section to get to where the coffee was. And I'm like, those things look a lot better than what I buy in the store here in the States. You met some folks last year, I believe, and you said they gave you it was about a different lifestyle and, and uh, perspective. You wanted to talk about how you can launch a movement and getting back into fitness can be a challenge and how you're using run f- the, the, the Run Fully Global method to get things going again. 
Can you can you talk about that a bit more? Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Um, that's where I feel like I'm at right now is especially with having that beautiful experience in Costa Rica um, to now coming back to the States and um, just trying to launch my program. I, I struggle a lot sometimes with um, getting the momentum back up. And um, one of the things that's always really helped me is to, to set a date, um, to have a movement goal. Um, so I actually have a coaching program coming up um, in a couple of weeks here um, that is using this method that I've been using. Um, so pairing a fitness goal. So for me right now, it's um, I wanted to work out three days a week and um, to love running again um, and and to start. And then you set up a personal goal. So my personal goal was to launch this coaching program um, and you do both at the same time while using the movement to basically help you move forward in your personal goal. Cause you use the runner's mindset. Like you just have to start, like you just have to get out the door and run one minute. So same thing with your project. You just have to sit down and do one little tiny step with it and breaking it down like that has helped me. And I'm already noticing it's helping some of the clients that are signed up for the program to be able to move past blocks, like huge blocks that they've had in their life that they've never been able to move past before. Um, by, by having that accountability and, and motivation and, um, and doing, I do a running meditation for people too, um, which is different. Um, I've, I've never seen anyone do it before, but I was just inspired and just felt like going for it. So like, it's like, I record something that you listen to right before you run. And then while you're actually doing the run, it's like, okay, now, now you're going to walk for a minute and you're going to like custom to whatever you're going through. Like think about what, what it is that's holding you back and think of, see, see that line where you want to go. Like imagine that finish line, like uh, putting visuals of what they see on that finish line. Okay. Now we're going to run for a minute and put a song on. That's like a motivational song specific to them. And they're, that, that's going to like help them out of whatever they're going through as they're running. Um, and, and that's all included in, in the program and, what I, what I'm, I'm using for myself to, to come back to my joy again, to come back to that high vibe state, you know, like even when I was talking to you guys before, I think I was more like in that, like bubbly, giggly, like awesomeness. And this, this is, this is basically what I use to get back to that, that, that joy. Are you still working through that project of dancing in rivers and hot springs? Ah, you you mean like, am I doing that or am I? <laughs> that that's what we're gonna do on the retreat. Yes. Okay. That, <laughs> that okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what you're gonna do in the on, in the retreat. Okay. Yeah. Hey, but if you know any rivers or hot springs nearby here, maybe maybe that's what I should go do for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I could do a little research. This is very interesting. It's when it comes to health, good health, no matter what, it grabs my attention. It grabs my interest. So. Especially um, when you're old like the two of us, <laughs> health has become a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. He's looking for company, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to dance in the rivers and the hot springs. <laughs> yeah, I would do Not- it. <laughs> you would? See, oh, I, yeah. think, I think this run flea method needs to already be open for, for you guys. All, all ages. I, all that's gender. right. Let me tell you something. I, I had a health scare recently, not so much where I was worried about losing my life, but the doctor put the fear of God in me to get my cholesterol down. 
Uh, and uh, and it worked. <laughs> and I'm a little hard-headed. And I think most men are when it comes to health issues. We have a tendency mm-hmm. to, oh, hey, I, I could wait. You know, you, you can't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've, I've lost 20 pounds since the last time you and I talk, spoke. And um, and it was that fear that got me motivated. And I think one of the reasons that my cholesterol level was so high, A, it's hereditary for me in my case, but B, and more importantly, is I spend most of my day behind the desk. I'm writing, you know, I'm working on this podcast and I'm doing things that don't add movement. So the bicycle riding has helped because it's kept me out of the gym during COVID, but I'm still getting exercise. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think you would find a welcome audience of men or, you know, whether they're mm-hmm. younger or older, doesn't matter. Um, I, I, but I do think you'll find that audience. because, Like I said, men are hardheaded. I, I'm just going to be blunt. We're, when it comes to going to the doctor, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I think, you know, on some level, men will eventually wake up. I mean, I took my body for granted when I was your age. I could do anything. I play basketball eight hours a day. I can run 10 miles and not get tired. Now, uh, forget all of it. Michael would be the trainer for the older group. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We talked a bit about the beaches and so in Costa Rica. And I know, I know running on, on the beaches can be challenging. The, the sand is very difficult to, to some folks even to walk on at a, at a brisk uh, pace. Um, is that one of the challenges that you're thinking about for your program? Um, not for the retreat, but I have been thinking about it for here. Like, um, as something that I could do during these times, because you need to do everything outdoors and have space, um, currently. And, um, I love to run, um, and kind of play with the waves. So you like run into the wave and then you have to run out to be able to, you're like weaving in and out and, um, it's beautiful. So that's, is one of the things I was thinking of offering is kind of like a running, singing, dancing class. Right. Because if you, if you make it fun, I think a lot more people would be interested in it. I certainly believe. Yeah. Well, going off of what um, Michael was saying is that um, it is really difficult right now to like get back into fitness. And even right. me, like I, I, after running those races and doing everything, like you were doing the, the bicycle and you were, you're fit, like you do have more energy, you have more, you have more joy, you have more, it's easier to work towards the things that you want to work towards and to connect with people and all that. And it's been so hard during these times, I think for everyone with feeling isolated, not having anywhere to go to like, want to be physically fit, I guess, or <laughs> um, yeah, just being down. And um, so I think this movement is really um, necessary, not only for myself, like, you know, to get back going with fitness again, which I've been working with a trainer um, online um, and noticing my progress over just the last four weeks. Um, but for but for everyone to to be able to um, to get back into it, you need somebody to help you. You need that kind of support to pull you forward and and make it fun again. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And be, before we get before we hang up on this call, which we're going to do in a moment, we we've kind of missed the boat here. But those of you who didn't listen to our first podcast with Melissa, uh, 
we were introduced to her through her Run Fully Global platform. And one of the things in there is you ran like, what, 13 half marathons or eight half marathons in a, in a six or seven month period. First of all, let's digress for a minute. Tell everybody what Run Fully Global is. Ah, thank you. So uh, Run Fully stands for R-U-N, Fully. Um, and it is a global movement that connects the world through fitness. Um, there's a YouTube show um, as well as um, coaching programs. And um, it is something that is for everyone, all ages, all abilities, and it uses the running mindset. So basically when you are, um, like I said, um, trying to go for something, you want to go for it fully, you want to just start. And um, we've, because of my travels, um, I've been able to connect people um, from like Indonesia and India and and here, and that's the ultimate goal is for us all to to come together through fitness. Yeah, and that I, Dave Dave is the one that discovered you, so I'm not going to take credit for that. But yeah, that the the idea of running to connect cultures resonated with me because I used to be a runner. But it resonated with both of us from the standpoint that you know we're always looking for interesting ways to bring people together. Uh, you know, I, I get tired sometimes of hearing oh, so and so is different than so and so. You know what? There's certain barriers that could be used to break down. The, the the cultural nuances differences running is an excellent way of getting that done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. because as I, I, as I was meeting people, it's like, oh, you like to run, I like to run, and then and then when you do this running interview with them, then it's like you get to know deeper, like, oh, what's your country like? What's your culture like? Oh, you know. And yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Melissa's only half crazy because she's been known to go places with that without a plan, and then walks. Was it Japan that you went to, and you started asking people to run with you because you were there for a while and you hadn't pre-planned it out? Yes, that was the best. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you still are friends with those people to this day. Yes. Uh huh. I um, reminding me to like check in with some of these people, but yeah, there's some that I'm closer with, like the girl in Indonesia. Um, we're like besties now and like you know uh same with that yeah that is so cool that is so cool my last question for you is what have you learned about yourself from working on your platform and interacting with other people around the world what have you kind of incorporated into yourself that's like a growth for you to keep going for your dreams that no matter what obstacles come in your way, that it's actually inspiring to see somebody else that's like maybe, maybe fallen flat on their face, but like has gotten back up again and has really gone for it. And that when you're following your joy and you're following your passion um, and remembering that we need other people to, to help us up that we can't do it alone. Like remembering that we need that support. Um, and it actually really inspires other people to do the same because how much do you love to watch somebody else who's living in their joy and like has pushed past their walls. So remembering that so that I, you know, pull, pull myself up in those times. I think that is an absolutely perfect place to end. <laughs> that answer yeah. was, was outstanding. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, Getting overcoming obstacles and stuff like that is what you're all about. It's what your platform is all about. And I think you encapsulated it perfectly. 
So I'm not going to ask you any more questions because I can't think of a better way to close than that. Um, is there anything else you have going on that you want to share? Like what's next for Melissa? Where are you traveling to? Uh, do you have any, uh, any big plans in the immediate future? Awesome. Well, like I said, the, the coaching program, um, March 15th is the launch date and there'll be a week after that, um, that people can, um, sign up for it for a one-on-one call before the actual group program starts. And then, um, for me, yeah, trying to get back to Costa Rica, um, and figure out what my next, um, big project is. I've got some little excitement going on, like as of today of writing. Um, so yes, we, we, we will see, follow, follow along on. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Well, Melissa, again, thank you so much for coming back on. I hope that, um, we have a, more uh, uh, episodes with you in the future, especially once your retreat gets going and you get back to Costa Rica. Maybe the next time we can do this from Costa Rica, if you can find a good internet someplace, uh, yeah. and you can just kind of walk us around with your cell phone or something and show us the sites as you're talking to us. I, uh, I would love it, and I'm certain Dave would too. Yes. Yeah, I would love that. So. Uh, uh, again, we're talking to Melissa Ames, and it has been a great experience with you. And please come back again. And um, on behalf of my dear friend Dave Cumberbatch in New York, this is Michael Gordon Bennett saying so long and tune in next time for another fantastic episode of TripCast 360. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>